the sermon title for today is A Dangerous Path. And there are lots of dangerous paths in the world. Um, some of you may have been on uh, some dangerous paths or dangerous uh, roadways. Um, we have lived in, on the ocean side of, the, of California and there are some narrow roads that are, can sometimes seem incredibly dangerous to us. But uh, before we talk about, when looking to God's word about a dangerous path, I want you to consider just how dangerous some paths are. And I um, have a little uh, few minute video that I I uh, want you to watch, and if you are uh, scared of heights, this is a good time to close your eyes and bow your heads and pray. to my stomach just watch watching that one uh, any takers for that trail there's one back there so I don't know about you but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't like um, to walk that trail I watched one video of that and you notice that they have um, their safety uh, things are hooked to a cable in case they do fall uh, they don't go all the way to the ground they just dangle on the side of it but we did watch one video where the guy says I'm not going to use any safety harness he just walked out on that path and he would stick his foot over the side and um, not for me but there are some dangerous paths in the world, as we can see. And today's passage talks about some dangerous paths uh, for us. We are going to continue in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we're in chapter 7, starting in verse uh, 13. Verse 13 of chapter 7 of Matthew. Uh, looking at the dangerous path for us who are going to follow Jesus. We have said that the book of uh, Matthew uh, talks over and over and over again about the um, 
the kingdom of God and the coming kingdom. And we have said that Christ's kingdom, God's kingdom, is kind of upside down from the kingdoms that we are used to in, in our world. And the kingdom of God is for us as followers of Jesus Christ. And the kingdom of God has uh, different ways of looking at things, on how we deal with our enemies and uh, live our lives as, as married couples. Um, Jesus deals with all of these things like forgiveness and um, judging others. And today he begins to talk about just how difficult it is to be a follower of Jesus. I believe one of the lies that I've heard over and over again in the context of, of church, of religious settings such as these, is the invitation for people to come to Jesus and everything will be okay. Um, I have found that personally, that I have surrendered my life to Jesus and everything is not always okay. Life can be tough. Um, for us. And so uh, these words come tough for us, but they are the way we are to walk if we are going to be followers of Jesus, surrendering our lives to him. Verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Following Jesus doesn't mean that we follow the crowd. In fact, Jesus seems to say here that those on the path of following him, there are few in number. There will always not be everybody. For his path is narrow and it's difficult and sometimes it may feel like it's on the side of a cliff and the only thing that's keeping you up is a few two-by-fours. The message for us in verses 13 and 14 is that we need to keep our eyes and our hearts on the path, on the way. I think if I was on the side of that cliff, there's... Um, one place I would not look, and that is out and about, when you're thousands of feet up in the air. I would keep my feet or my eyes firmly feet, uh, situated, looking at uh, the boards in front of me, the path that's in front of me, the way that we are to walk. The Apostle John reminds us in chapter 14 that Jesus is the way. He is the one that we are to keep our eyes fixed upon. The writer of Hebrews say, says we are to fix our eyes upon Jesus. He is the leader that we are to follow. He is the very way to God. So we not only follow him in our footsteps, but we follow him in the wholeness of our lives. Jesus has called people to follow him. In the beginning of, of Matthew, Jesus comes to uh, those who he will call his disciples in, in chapter 4, and he says to them, Come! 
and I will make you fishers of men. That word come uh, is an imperative for us. Jesus wasn't saying to them, if you would like to join me along this journey, follow me and we will see what, what comes of it. Now Jesus says, come. He speaks to them right to their face and says, come. And the scriptures tell us that they dropped everything and followed Jesus. And Jesus says, your following is not just without reason, but I've got a plan for you. You are going to go out and to reach people with the kingdom of God. Come and follow me. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is talking to those who would follow him. And they were growing more and more in number. And he said, if you're going to follow me, you need to take up your cross. The cross is a symbol of crucifixion, of, of, of death. And Jesus says, you are to follow me. And again, the word there is to uh, obey. It's an imperative. If you are going to be a follower of Jesus, you need to pick up your cross and follow him. Pick up the way of Jesus. Keep your eyes focused upon him who is the way. John chapter 10, Jesus says, um, I am the shepherd, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep follow me, for they hear my voice. Much like the little rabbit will perk up their ears to hear. We are to uh, perk up our, our hearts, our spiritual ears, and follow Jesus. Again, um, it, it talks about here that which we start doing and continue to do. It's not just following Jesus for a moment or saying, yes, he is the good shepherd, but it's a continuing following of Jesus. We need to keep ourselves focused on him for he is the way. Narrow, difficult, hard to follow Jesus sometimes. Let's just be honest. It is. It's difficult for me. I know it's difficult for you. The world and its broad path um, is inviting to us. It leads to all sorts of fun-looking places. But following it, that easy path, that wide path, does not let our hearts become exhilarated like walking that path in China. That our hearts bleed a little f faster, that we are breathing more intensely, that we are holding on for dear life. That is the, the way that we are to follow Jesus. Let's look at verse 15 and 20. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, and nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. Thus you will recognize them, that is, recognize these false teachers 
by the fruit of their lives. The truth for here is that we need to keep our eyes focused on the truth. The scripture not only tells us that Jesus is the way, but he also, it also tells us in that same verse that Jesus is the truth. We need to keep our eyes focused firmly on him. It's interesting that Jesus is talking to those who are following him. He's talking to his disciples and those who will be involved in what we call the church later on. And Jesus says that these false teachers are not from outside, but from inside. It's easy to discern the false teachers on the outside, but Jesus said there will be those people who will come and make their home inside the body of Christ, make their home inside the church, and they will seek to uh, devour the truth. And they will seek to get many turned away from Jesus and his word. It's obvious that fruit will come. That's what fruit trees do. They bear fruit. You can't stop them from doing that lest you just cut them down. The fruit will come. For us is that our words about Jesus must be backed by our works for him. Now I'll make it clear, we don't work our way into heaven. We get in a relationship with God by his grace and responding to his love and surrendering our lives to Jesus. But when we have done that, there are works that we are to do, not just our words. Uh, the writer James tells us that um, we live not just by the words of our mouth, but by the works of our heart. That faith and works are, are to be together. We need to keep our eyes focused, our hearts focused on the truth. Jesus is the truth. Keep our eyes focused upon him. God's word is the truth. We need to find ourselves in it always. And then we come to this section, verse 21 through 23. I have to be very honest with you. I've read the scriptures, I've spent time in it since the time that I, well, before I even surrendered my life to Jesus, I was taught the word from, as a little kid, and I know lots of things about Jesus, and I sought to follow him by his power, power of the Holy Spirit, and there's lots of times that I have failed in that. I have lived for Randall, not for Jesus. And this is one of the most troubling, scary, fearful passages for me. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. but the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. 
On that day, that is the final day when everything comes to be reckoned, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And I've thought about the times that I would say, Jesus, I taught the word in your name, and I prayed with people in your name, and sought to work mercy for those who need it in your name, and I have uh, led the church in your name, and in my questioning and doubting and fearful moments, I wonder if Jesus might say to me, I never knew you. I don't doubt my sincerity. But I don't want to get to the end of my life, to that day of reckoning, and Jesus say to me, I never knew you. Jesus, I did this and this and this and this. I was at church in the morning when the doors were open on Sunday. I was church at night when the doors were open. I went to prayer meeting every week. I served in the Women's Mission Society. Jesus, I did all of these things. And Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me. It's kind of a, uh, what a how to put it, it's kind of an evil side of me that would just say, let's pray, and call that the end of the church service, and let you all dwell on that for the rest of the day. But that wouldn't leave us with much hope. I would like to leave us with some hope. So is there hope? Can we do these things in Jesus' name and then be received by him. And Jesus tells us how to do that. He says, you do it by doing the will of my Father. You seek my Father first. You don't just, I think what Jesus is saying here, you just don't go out and do the works without having the relationship. It's not about religion. It's about relationship with the Father. It's about bearing fruit for the Father. What is the will of God? Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, verse 8, that the, that the will of the Father is to bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. And sometimes we think that that bearing much fruit means bringing people into the kingdom. And there's an aspect of that that we are to tell people about Jesus and hopefully bring them into a relationship with Jesus. But the fruit here, I really believe, is what we have in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It's the fruit of the Spirit. When we bear the fruit of the Spirit, that love and joy and peace and faithfulness and goodness and gentleness and kindness and self-control, when we allow the Holy Spirit to 
build those things up in us, we are doing nothing but reflecting the very nature and character of God. To bear fruit, to have the Holy Spirit fill up our lives to where we are oozing with the very character of God. Surrendering ourselves to the Spirit. Sure, we may do the works of prophecy, of casting out demons, of preaching and teaching and bringing a meal to those who are um, downcast and in need. But if we are not exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, we are not reflecting the very character of God. And remember in Genesis chapter 1, God says, let us make man, let us make humankind in, in our image. We are image bearers of Jesus, of, of God. We bear forth his image to the world. And I believe that the fruit of the Spirit is an indicator that we are doing the will of the Father. Are we perfect in that? Nope. Do we need to continue to surrender ourselves to the Spirit? Yes. We need to be lovers. We need to be faithful. We need to be peacemakers. We need to answer that question um, that was wrapped around our arms in one of those little rubber bracelets a number of years ago, uh, WWJD, what would Judas do? No, I think, believe it said, what would Jesus do? And we need to ask that question. It's a good question to ask when we move into our daily lives. What would Jesus do? And then to do it. So, life is filled with dangerous paths. And following Jesus can be a dangerous path. It, it's narrow, it's hard, it's difficult, but the good news is that Jesus walks the path with us. He has a hold of us. He has given us his Holy Spirit that promises never to leave us nor never to forsake us, but is always there and will empower us to godly living. Our part is to surrender and to do what is said for us to do, to perk up our ears and listen and obey. It's interesting in the Old Testament, the word for I hear is also for the word for I obey. The idea was that if I say to my parents, I hear you, mom, inherent is that, in that is I obey you, mom. If I say, I hear you, God, I need to then obey. Hearing and obeying are intrinsically linked. 
So, what are we to do? Just a, a quick reminder. We are to keep our eyes and our hearts fixed upon Jesus, who is the way. We are to fix our hearts and our eyes upon Jesus, who is the truth. And we need to fix our eyes and heart upon Jesus, who is the life, and the life will be ours as we do the will of the Father. So let's fix our heart. Let's fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who walked the path, ran the race, hung to the cliff for us, Let's do that, and let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.